You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Nicole Ackman's interview with the costume designer for the United States versus Billy Holiday, Paolo Niedu. Don't you know who this is? She was thinking of something more special. I'm downright flashy, you know. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Billy Holiday. Reporters keep asking me, Billy, why you do the things you do? This is what I tell them. Love me. We love you. Why not take NAACP says Billie Holiday is the voice of our people. I think we should integrate the audience for this show. Let's change it up a little bit. You know, blacks and whites sitting together. You know what you're getting yourself into when you decide to come on the road. Get out my goddamn clothes. I'm gonna take everything except your bra and your man. <laughs> Which one of my songs is your favorite song? Strange Fruit. It's a song about important things, you know, things that are going on in the country. This holiday woman's causing a lot of people to think the wrong things. It's a starting gun for this so-called civil rights movement. Those lyrics provoke people. Y'all got a plan? She's a drug addict. Exactly. I cut strange fruit. I want to sing the damn song. It's for your own good, okay? I sing it the fuck I want. That stage. They're strange fruit. They won't let me sing nowhere. No clubs, no money, no nothing. You gotta understand, baby. Right now, I'm in a situation. Look, you said we could beat this, Billy. I need some now. Blood on the leaves. You're like a hammer. Come right back and it hit harder than before. He's singing it for all of us. Ain't no other Negro star bold enough to do it. Black body swinging. I'm being followed. I'm not gonna count in no fizz. In the southern breeze. She's made something of herself and you can't take it because she's strong, beautiful, and black. Strange fruit hanging from the you think I'm gonna stop singing that song? Your grandkids will be singing Strange Fruit. Welcome everyone to the Next Best Picture podcast. Today I'm talking to Paolo Niedu, the costume designer for the upcoming film The United States vs. Billie Holiday. Thank you so much for chatting with me today, Paolo. Hi, thank you for having me. So I know that you've worked uh, previously on television shows like Empire. What's different about designing for a film versus a TV show? Um, I think the biggest difference in designing for a film is you have the full scope of the story in front of you when you begin. So that's an, an immense help. Whereas in television, you know, you're working kind of script to script. They're kind of being written and fed to you you know, every sort of two weeks, you're kind of getting a, you know, kind of what's coming, but you don't know who's cast and where the location's going to be. And in a film, you have a, you have a bigger sense of the, of the scope. That totally makes sense. When you set out to do your work. And I yeah. believe a lot of your previous work was also sort of contemporary costumes. So what was it like designing mm-hmm. costumes for a period film? Oh my God. It was, it was a challenge. That was the first time I've done period. Um, I mean, I love 
the era and I, I'm a big like old movie fan and, and old Hollywood costume designers and sort of just in, I, I'm so familiar in that aesthetic, just in different genres. Um, but going out, you know, setting out to do it, it's, it's a complete different approach to, to the process because, you know, you don't just walk into a store and, and there it is. <laughs> um, what sort of research did you do on, you know, the era and on Billie Holiday to prep to do the design for this? Uh, a mix of everything. First and foremost, it was like as many images that I could find of her. I just started, I gathered like this binder and just was printing out as many photos from Pinterest, like hashtags, you know, Googling Library of Congress, and then it bled into like ordering vintage magazines um, on eBay if I could find like articles about her. Um, and then I, I read, of course, you know, Lady Sings the Blues, her autobiography. And a lot of times I would, when I would look through photos too, I would often put, put on her music too, just to sort of get, you know, just kind of go into this little zone of, of like looking, looking at her image and like hearing her voice, which really helped. That's awesome. So obviously her fashion, you know, it was quite popular and is kind of iconic. Did you try to sort of closely recreate some of her looks or were you trying to take more liberties and kind of combine different looks of hers? It was kind of a little bit of all of that. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely certain scenes that we matched to, you know, real historic reference photos like her, um, her in court. And there was a few, there was a few court scenes. Um, there was, God, there was some other ones, some other performances that were just some iconic dresses that I used as a basis to go, you know, to go forward with some of the some of the gowns yeah so it was kind of a mix and I, I would look into like what kind of pieces she wore or how she wore you know what kind of necklines that did she gravitate towards and you know if she wore things that were you know more body conscious or or were full and how she accessorized and I sort of kind of took all those those bits about a person and put them into you know the scene that we were doing or you know for example when we had to kind of guess like what is Billie Holiday dressed like when she's not on stage? And that was where, you know, I got to take some liberty and use her stage persona to sort of interpret her offstage persona. Also, you mentioned accessories. There's some gorgeous hats and hair pieces in this film too. Yeah. No, those were inspired by, I mean, we have the famous, um, you know, she's famous for wearing the gardenia in her hair. And... She also wore like orchids in her hair and actually where we were in Montreal filming and during the time of year, it was impossible for us to get fresh gardenias. They were not in season. We couldn't get them shipped in in time. It was like really difficult to bring them in like through customs and, mm. you know, having real ones. So I, I was able to find some some synthetic ones that were really great and we used in the Carnegie Hall. Um, and then there were times where we used fresh orchids that were local. And there was an amazing feather flower that she wears in the film that I actually had recreated based, based on a publicity photo of her that I loved. And Western Costumes uh, created it out of feathers. Sort of looks like a giant flower, but it's feathers. Really cool. 
That's so cool. I also read that you ended up working with the House of Prada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we collaborated on nine looks for the film that um, I basically was introduced to them through Lee, um, through his relationship with Miss Prada and the team over there. And they were so amazing. Like, we were able to go into their archives and sort of look at pieces and I would I I'd put together imagery of Billy and the dress that I was looking to create. And then I would go in and find the Prada outfit or the Prada piece from their collection that kind of best lined up with, with the look that I was going for. And then together we sort of married the two and would say, hey, let's do this top from this collection and put it, can we make this a full length? And can you make it red? And we worked together to do it to do it that way it was really awesome that's so cool you've watched them in unforgettable adventures love affairs and tragedies now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories from the makers of death of a rock star and death of a sports star this is death Ready. of a film star and Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. I think it's always interesting with period pieces from, you know, this sort of era, how I know a lot of designers will sort of mix sourcing vintage clothing with you know, actually making new costumes from scratch. Did you do some of that on this film? Yeah, I, it was definitely both. So it was like, you know, there were certain pieces that I, I would find a vintage dress that I'm like, I'm in love with this dress. and like, let's use this dress. It's great, you know. And then there would be the building of new pieces, you know, for, for Andra that, would be for a specific song or we needed a specific color and we're, you know, we're going to, you know, Lee would want to do, you know, pink here, or it would need to have movement here or, you know, depend some of one of the performances was like this very like casual sort of like fun, really like the opposite of the more cafe society, you know, more proper performances. And so, you know, I would, I would make new things and, and I would use vintage pieces as the inspiration for sure. You know, there was a lot of, of pulling out pieces that I loved that were like 
you know, you couldn't use because they're too old and they're falling apart and you need it to have stamina. So I would use those to sort of recreate a new, new life. That's amazing. Uh, I also was curious, you know, with a character like Billie Holiday, who mm-hmm. has all these very uh, iconic looks and who definitely stands out, how do you design clothes for all the other characters around her that still look so nice, but make sure that she's the one who's standing out? Right, that's the big, that is the challenge. I mean, when there were scenes with, um, there were scenes with a lot of men, so that was helpful to have them in in their suits. And, you know, you'd have Jimmy, um, Jimmy Fletcher played by Trevante Rhodes. And, you know, I used a lot of like grays and blues with him. And, you know, that always played off against her glamour. And then Miss Freddie in her, in her life, and Rosalind, that was like her hair and makeup and also her really close friends. Um, you just have to kind of find the balance of color. And yeah, you want those people to look their best selves too. But yeah, you always have to sort of make sure that, you know, the person in the center of the frame or that, you know, you got to make sure she was, she was the star in real life. So there's always sort of that. You're not going to have the, you're not going to have your, your your hairstylist trying to outshine you so it was a we definitely had to like toe the line <laughs> absolutely but still keeping and the, the one good thing is is that era people dressed up and everybody always mm-hmm. looked so good so that really lent itself as well to my benefit I also really loved the costumes uh on the character of Tallulah Bankhead which obviously that's another uh public figure from the time did you also you know look at old photos of her and try and, you know, match her style as well? Completely. Um, I had this really great book um, that I had had for a, a while ago, but it's called Tallulah, this coffee table book. And there were some really great photos of her. And we were doing her, it was 1940, like 48, I believe, in our story with her. Um, so yeah, I looked into her at that time. And she did wear a lot of pants, like high-waisted, you know, full-cut pants and silk blouses. And she was kind of known for her three strands of pearls. And she's just a very, like, the, the info for her was just like a very chic, you know, uptown sort of New York kind of look was, was like the vibe on her. And I did a, uh, I found this really beautiful silk blouse in, where was it? I think it was at Western. And I used that as a, as a basis for this, this amazing, the outfit she wears in the jewelry store. I don't know, in the preview um, mm-hmm. with black silk pants. She was very luxe. It was all about like her fur and her, her silk pants. She was one of my favorites to dress too. It was a fun character, fun real person to design for. I think it's also, you know, you mentioned like the year specifically you were designing for her scenes, but uh, one of the interesting things about the costumes in the film is that the film does span like, you know, several years. And I feel like at a time where fashion was changing quite rapidly. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you try to sort of portray that, um, you know, passing of time in the costumes? Yeah, because we were in 40, we kind of went like 47 to 49. And then we jump a little bit in the early 50s. And then we jump to the late 50s. So I mean, with Billy specifically, like when we moved into the late 50s, it was more um, like she like fuller gowns and and then it changed a lot with her hair as well. Mm. It was helpful. She wore a ponytail a lot in the 50s. So that lent itself to to the look because we were yeah going about 10 years. I'm trying to think like with Rosalind, again, it, it lent itself to the hair because 
you know, 49 to like 59, it's, it's different, but it's, it's not that, it doesn't go that, you know, extreme. So we were able to, you know, kind of rely on, on some hair changes for that, which were really good. Um, but the late forties were great because, you know, you're, go- you're out of the war. So it, there's a lot of like, you know, people were going with, you know, more, more accessories, more fabric. We're kind of in the earlier forties. It was a little bit pulled back, you know? Yeah. Is there anything, uh, about designing for this era and doing a period piece like this that surprised you or that you think might surprise uh, people seeing the uh, movie? You know, I guess I'll have to say, like, when you do go in to sort of pull and look for, like, things that really exist from the era, now you start to realize, like, how far along the late 40s really are. And you're, like, you know, you're pushing, like, nearly 80 years. So... You know, a lot of real clothes from that time, like, you know, there there aren't that many, you know, and, you know, the sizes and the weight and people's bodies have changed so much from that time period, too, especially like with things like shoes, for example, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what size shoe most women were back then, but it was a real challenge to find like period shoes that, you know, would fit a contemporary woman's foot. Um for all of the, all of the people. So, you know, there's all these kind of like little things like that, that, that sort of add up where you, you know, you do have to, to build a lot um, to get this, to get this era, you know, on screen. Absolutely. And I just wanted to end by asking, do you have a favorite look that you designed for the movie? Uh, it's like, I say this all the time. Like, it's like my favorite, ch- my favorite child. I think I love, <laughs> I don't, um, I really did love, there's a, a white beaded costume that she um, gets arrested in when she goes to sing Strange Fruit. That's sort of, I really love how this outfit came to be. It was white beaded, bugle beaded fabric, um, which is popular at the time. And it was in these big panels and sort of in the fitting, I was kind of draping it and just like putting it on Andra and trying to decide like what we were going to do with it. And I I had just sent a picture to Lee and he loved, he, he loved it as is. And it was literally like me behind her, like holding this up, like ducking behind the <laughs> camera with like the, the fabric was wrapped around her, like a towel, like tucked into her underwear basically. And <laughs> it sort of turned into this like magical dripping, sparkling glass, you know, dress that weighed 20 pounds and it was in a really powerful scene and it was, it was a scene with a lot of action where she, you know, she gets rushed down the flight of stairs and, and just the way it, the, seeing it on screen and then, and, and going back to the process of, of, you know, it's incubation period. Uh, it was, it's, it's one that I like recall fondly. That's awesome. Well, it's a very powerful movie and the costumes are absolutely gorgeous. So thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for talking to me today. And um, to everyone listening, make sure to see uh, The United States versus Billie Holiday and all these beautiful costumes uh, whenever you can. Thank you. Hulu, February 26th. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Paolo.
All right. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Nicole Ackman's interview with the costume designer for the United States versus Billie Holiday, Paulo Niedo, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. The United States versus Billie Holiday is currently streaming on Hulu and is up for your consideration in all Oscar categories, including Best Costume Design. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.